0: Good morning and welcome to On Fire Radio, brought to you by Catskill Mountain Christian Center, a full gospel, family church, and Christian academy located at 629 Main Street in beautiful Margaretville, New York. What a great day to go to church. If you don't have a church, come on over to Catskill Mountain Christian Center. We would love for you to be our guest this morning. That's Catskill Mountain Christian Center this morning at 10 o'clock. If you'd like more information about On Fire Radio or Catskill Mountain Christian Center, give us a call at 845-586-4848. I'm Bernard Bartow, and I'd like to invite you to join us for the next 30 minutes as we bring you on Fire Radio. Now let's go to Pastor Bob Engelhart with today's message. So John chapter 12 begins with this. It says, then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany. Now, you remember what the Passover was, right? In the book of Exodus. Is it Exodus? Yeah, in Exodus, where, they, where the spotless lamb was slain, and each person painted the blood of the spotless lamb on the doorposts and the the lintels of their their house. And that is a representative, one of the first representatives that we see in the scripture of Jesus because Jesus' blood is painted on the doorpost of your heart. So the death angel must pass by. He does not have access to you. You are saved. So six days before the Passover, which the Jews had been celebrating now for really not knowing why, but for a really long time, for thousands of years, right? Been celebrating Passover. And and this is, you know, kind of what we're getting to. So then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany. I was surprised at this because... It's a common name, Bethany. It's a beautiful name and certainly a biblical name. But as I look at it a little bit further, I began to think how interesting it was. Um, it's only about two miles from Jerusalem. So where he is now in Bethany, he's headed. He knows where he's headed, right? He knows where he's going. What this is going to look like, right? Everybody else is really celebrating because he had recently raised Lazarus from the dead, and really that crescendo is what created Palm Sunday. So when I looked up the word Bethany, you're never going to guess what what it means. <laughs> Not going to make you happy either. Means house of depression or misery. Is what the word Bethany means. I'm like, why the right word here? You know, isn't this happy place or something? And it was the people who were filled with joy in the room surrounding Jesus where he was in Bethany but it was Jesus. The scripture says in Hebrews 12, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You see, everybody else is really enjoying Jesus for all he's done. They're gonna give him a big old parade into Jerusalem. I mean, they are they are psyched, they are pumped, you know, and there's something deeper in Jesus' heart, at that time, at that moment. I don't forget how much he loved his disciples. And he loved people. He loved the world. we can't ever forget that. You know? So while everybody... And he's allowing it, right? He's allowing it. He's not holding them back. But there's something else inside of him that's going on because he has foreknowledge of things to come. It's interesting, isn't it? Um, Okay, so then six days before Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. Um, I'm sorry, where Lazarus was, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. Well, and that's another kind of a thing. It was some heartache when Lazarus died, right? Mary and Martha were distraught. Lazarus was a good friend of Jesus. Jesus wept on his way to Lazarus before he raised him from the dead. It's the shortest scripture in this in the Bible. It says Jesus wept when when he he didn't. They didn't even, I think, confirm to him that Lazarus was dead, but Jesus knew, you know? And why did he weep? He weeped at the pain and the heartache of the world. What it feels like when someone we love passes away, you know? It's painful, right? And um, so... He goes to Bethany, where Lazarus was, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. And there they made him a supper. Now listen, this was a big deal that Lazarus was raised from the dead. You know, Jesus did a lot of miracles, but this whole Lazarus thing got everyone's attention. It was, it was different for some reason. There was more weight to it. Um... there they made him a supper and Mary served but Lazarus was one who sat at the table with him Mary took a pound of very costly spikenard anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped her feet with her hair and what she did she took a pound of very expensive very costly oil of spikenard she anointed the feet of Jesus she wiped his feet with her hair And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. You know, when you love Jesus, everything around you smells like Him. You fill a whole house. You fill a whole house with the this beautiful fragrance of perfume that only comes from this very expensive gift, very, very expensive thing that she did. She poured it out on Jesus' feet, and then she wiped it with her hair. She said, you can go, I want to smell like this. I want to smell like him. And and when, when you've been with Jesus, and you worship Jesus, you smell like him. You want to. Right, You want to have the aroma of Jesus upon you, his love and his grace. But you see, that came out of her heart. If you really love Jesus, your love for Jesus will fill the space that you occupy, and other people will smell it, and other people will be blessed by it. Um, But, right... But not everybody appreciates this kind of wholesale giving of oneself to Jesus. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? hmm, 300 denarii, best I can come up with is a year's wages. It's, it, it's, it was a, there's a parable where Jesus speaks about paying the different workers that he sends into his field one denarii for the work that they were doing in the field. So if you multiply that, Right by three hundred, which is what Judas said it should be sold for three hundred denarii. You're talking about a year's wages. I mean, that's a lot of money. That oil was that expensive. Now don't think about Joe's wages or Fred's wages. Think about your wages. What's a what would be a year's wages poured out on Jesus' feet? to do no good other than to to contain the aroma, to be a carrier of the aroma of Jesus. And the house was filled. There's something about her hair, right? A part of her, an extension of her, a covering of her. Um... One of the disciples said, why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? But listen, listen to this. This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. And he had the money box, and he used to take what was put in it. Now, hopefully, this, this after this next comment, this message is going to start much more optimistic. <laughs> What is it to steal from Jesus? What is it to steal from him? What is it to have his money box? You come and you learn the word of God. You learn about your forgiveness. You learn about your salvation. You become wealthy. You know? But without 2,000 years of the church, you would never know there was a Jesus. You would never know there was such a person as a Jesus. You understand you didn't just get that in the middle of the night. It's been passed down for generations by the church. And by the church, I mean churches. Churches. Different churches at different times, and and hopefully we're we're growing in our understanding of the scripture as we as we continue forward. So listen, when I say because when I say because I'm so smart, I got saved one day. You know, I wouldn't have a Bible if it wasn't for the church. You wouldn't have a Bible if it wasn't for the church. You got to understand, the church is your mother. Church is your mom. See, he didn't really care for the poor. And this is where we can become very self-deceptive when we begin to judge other people and things like that. But Jesus said, let her alone. Let her alone. Let her pour out a sacrifice that's too expensive. Let her do it. I didn't ask her to do it. You know, she did that out of her heart. It flowed out of her. And, and i got to tell you something. No matter who you are and how it is, how it looks, what shape or form it takes, there's something in you that can pour out to be a blessing to Jesus out of your love that, that is different than anyone else. Right? Jesus said, Let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. Bethany, house of depression. You know, Jesus is saying, You guys are enjoying, and I'm loving watching you guys because I love you all so much. But there's something else going on here, right? He said, listen, for the poor you have with you always, and throughout the New Testament is told to us, that one of the things the church is always expected to do is care for the poor. But me, you do not have always. And he was talking about himself physically, right? There are just times where we pour out of our treasure just to love Jesus, and it, and it will hit you. Your love for Jesus will hit you This is what Chesterton said, um, which I actually have misplaced here in my notes. He said, it's not really a question of what a man is made to believe, but of what he must believe. We cannot help believing. He cannot disbelieve in an elephant when he has seen one, and he cannot treat the church as a child when he has discovered that she is his mother. Right? Discovered. You come into church and you say, well, it's always been here. They're all over the place. and You, you know, they're not all that valuable, I guess. We really don't need them, you know, to make a living. You know, but you recognize that church is the mother of your faith. In this generation, Jesus is our Savior. But the church exists to propagate the gospel of the Lord Jesus. Amen? Okay, now a great many of the Jews knew that he was there. And they came not for Jesus' sake only, But they also, that they also might see Lazarus. Now I'm going to tell you something, Lazarus. You're a walking dead man. If you're saved, if you're born again, you're a walking dead man. And there's something about your nature that's changed that attracts people. Some like it and some don't like it but it's attractive to people because you're a guy or a gal who's had an essential change of nature. And that's attractive. So when they come to see Jesus, the only one they've got now to see Jesus through is you. Right? I mean, people ought to say, What the heck happened to him? He's not the same person anymore. She's not the same person anymore. You know, we do a great job of covering up the fact that we're Christians, which is a shame in itself, but listen, it is what it is. Human nature is human nature. It's embarrassing to be a a Christian sometimes, right? But we got to trust that there can be a day that we're not embarrassed anymore. You know we're willing to feel the rejection that Jesus would feel, yeah, and 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 stand in Jesus anyway, right? Right. Um, See, how do people come to see Jesus in church? They see you. I have here. This is Bob Engelhardt speaking. You are a walking dead man who attract people to see what Jesus has done. For you were dead in sin, but are now alive. Okay, so they didn't just come to see Jesus, but they want to see Lazarus, um, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priests plotted to put Lazarus to death also. They didn't just want to kill Jesus, they wanted to kill Lazarus. So listen, they don't just want to kill Jesus. They want to kill us, you, sometimes, sometimes. Family members are like, what happened to you? What in the world happened to you? People on your job, why are you such a Jesus fanatic? It's the rejection we experience as believers. Um, it says he had raised Lazarus he had raised from the dead but the chief priests plotted to put Lazarus to death also because on account of him many of the Jews went away and believed in Jesus on account of you other people believe in Jesus yeah because of you it's not the pastor's job pastor's job apostles, prophets, evangelists pastors and teachers are given for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. Right? Um, Verse 12, The next day a great multitude that had come to the feast when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem took branches of palm trees and went out to meet him and cried out, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. Then Jesus, when he found a young donkey, sat on it, it is written... Fear not, daughter of Zion, for behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. Right? Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Did they really know what they were saying? Did they really know what the next week was going to bring? In this guy, Jesus, by the end of the next week, a lot of people weren't going to believe in him anymore. He's Crucified, he's hanging on a cross. Even Peter, you know, his closest confidant, Peter himself would deny Jesus, you know, before the week is out. But now, this day, they say, this, is, this guy has got it going on. This guy raised, I think he's the Messiah, the promised Messiah of God, who's going to set things right on this planet. Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Right? Pray to people all the way down, two miles, down into Jerusalem, palm branches. They threw their coats down. They threw everything because they were psyched about Jesus. They knew who Jesus was, but there was more yet to come. It says in verse 16, his disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified after he was raised from the dead, then they remembered that these things were written about him and that they had done these things to him. Therefore the people who were with him, when he, when he called Lazarus out of his tomb and raised him from the dead, bore witness. For this reason, the people also met him. Because they heard that he had done this sign. The Pharisees therefore said among themselves, You see, they're accomplishing nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. Pharisee, this reason the people also met him because they heard that he had done this sign. Are we okay? Is there a reason to, to raise your, your palms up and wave them before Jesus and, and just enjoy them and bless them and thank God for, for sending his son to die for our sins? Um, blah, 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 blah. Verse 20. Now there were certain Greeks among them. Don't forget, this is a Jewish faith thing happening here and now. The Greeks have nothing to do with any, any of this. Certain Greeks among them who came to worship at the feast, then they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and asked him, saying, Sir, we wish to see Jesus. You know? Get it? Sir, we wish to see Jesus. There should be other people around you that recognize you got something, and they come up to you and they say, Sir, we wish we wish to see Jesus. We, we I want. You are so, why are you always so happy? I wish to see Jesus. He does miracles. I heard. Right. And Philip came and told Andrew, and in turn Andrew and Philip told Jesus. You know, it's funny when you don't want to do something alone. You got to do something that's really uncomfortable. Hey, you want to come with me? <laughs> I see, you remember Jesus sent people out two by two. Hey, you want to come with me? I really don't want to do this. I got these Greeks who want to see Jesus. I'm a little afraid Jesus is going to whack me. But Jesus answered them, in saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. But most assuredly, I say to you, Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain, and he who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anybody serves me, let him follow me, and where I am, there my servant will be also, and if anybody serves me, my father will honor Right? I mean, that just is what it is. There's a part of you that's got to die. There's a part of you that's got to die. You don't have to hate you, man. You know, I, like, I like motorcycles and cool cars and the Masters Tournament and you know things like that. So when you talk about hating your life, you're not just talking about despising every good thing that God has given you, but not compared to Jesus. That's the thing, not compared to Jesus. He's first, right? He's what you love most. And Jesus predicts his death on the cross. This is subtitled in verse 27. Jesus says, now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me. Remember Bethany, the house of depression. Now my soul is troubled. But what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour? but for this perfect purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice from heaven uh, came from heaven saying, I have both glorified your name and will glorify it again. Therefore the people who stood by and heard it said that it had thundered, and others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice didn't come because of me, for your sake. You see, when you see the things of God, it's not for Jesus. It's for our sake. Amen? Now, the ju- now is the judgment of the world. Now the ruler of this world is cast out. And if I, if I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. It's very important because this is a, one of the few scriptures that interprets its, itself. It says... This he said signifying by what death he would die. We talk about lifting Jesus up. When Jesus says, If I be lifted up, I will draw all people to myself, he's talking about the death he would would die. The cross of Jesus Christ, right? The center. It's at the center. It doesn't start there. You don't get something out. You know, early on in my walk, I saw X marks the spot. Now, I know you're supposed to see the cross like this little thing. I don't even know if it looked like that. You know, I'm not really positive that what it looked like, but I said, wow, if I turn that a little bit, it's like X marks the spot. The cross of Jesus Christ is the X marks the spot on the treasure map of life. And if you find it, you found the treasure of great, the pearl of great price. Thank you for joining us today. We pray that God has used this message to minister to you. If you would like to help financially support the work of Catskill Mountain Christian Center, you can go to our website and give at www.cmcconline.org. There you'll find options how to give online safely and securely. And to find out more about Catskill Mountain Christian Center, you can follow us on all of our social media platforms. You can follow the handle at Church at Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also head over to our website at www.cmcconline.org. And on behalf of Pastor Bob Engelhart and everyone here at Catskill Mountain Christian Center, this is Jake Johnson signing off. God bless, and thank you for joining us this morning.